This is part three and our final segment of sharing with Karen Bradshaw, a former polygamist wife from the All Red Polygamy Group. The many things that she has learned about God through the Bible as she has placed her faith in Jesus rather than in polygamy for her eternity. So we welcome Karen Bradshaw back. Thank you, Karen, again for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. And we're going to start out where we left off last time, and that was grace, not works, for salvation. Yes. And you had just shared with us Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. Okay. So why don't we do... Why don't we do those verses again? Oh, again? Um, just to get the context for the rest of the conversation about grace. Okay, so, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourself. It is a, is a, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Okay, so again, and, and we, we ended the, the last time about they always come up with but James says, faith without works is dead. And, and that, that um, audience that James was, was writing to is different. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people who claim to be Christians. And he's saying, prove it. Yes. Not, not do works that's to right. be saved, but prove you're saved by your works. And yes. that's what the next verse in Ephesians tells us. Verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That explains James chapter 2, for works with, uh, faith without works is dead. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works, but we are saved to do good works. And, and that's what, I mean, it just automatically comes out of our salvation experience because God puts His Spirit in us to move us to do those good works. We want to do them. We don't do them because there's a, laws and ordinances for us to follow, right? To become like Him. Yeah. Uh, well, to be uh, holy like him. Uh, well, he makes us holy. Yeah. The polygamists claim that, and, and I've come across some people in, in some of the work that I've been doing, where a polygamous woman especially will say, but we are told to live polygamy so we can become more Christ-like. Did polygamy make you more Christ-like? I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. Well, but, but how can I? I mean, it's so painful. I think it, it? I buried a lot. Uh, you kind of go numb, yeah, and just smile and, heard, and you know, just smile and keep that. going and do your best, yeah. and that's becoming holy. Yeah. And, and then if you let your pain and your, your jealousies come out, then it's a bad thing. Oh, it's very, yeah. Well, it's because you're you're evil. Yeah. yeah, you're not being purified. Right. Enough, and, I guess. And we're going to talk about that purified in a minute. So we're saved to do good works. And, and James is merely saying, if you claim to be uh, long to God, then let your works prove it. Let your works show it. That's all that is teaching. And it doesn't. it is not saying in any way that we do good works to get saved. The Bible does not teach that. Then there's one in Isaiah. And I don't know how much that... Um, surprised you when you read that but I quite like this verse Isaiah 57 12 
Yeah, this really shot me. It <laughs> says, I will expose your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you. So all the righteous works you do will not benefit you. It's filthy rags to yeah, God. That's right. He, that's doesn't, right. he doesn't say, oh, look, you're wearing the long garment. Uh, you're such a good person. Yeah, I'll <laughs> let you in. Yeah, I'll let yeah, you in. Exactly right. And, 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 and actually... When most people do, they look at the word self-righteousness as a negative, like people are strutting around with a self-righteous attitude, better than, I'm better than thou kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But that's what good works is, is self-righteousness. It's yourself trying to become righteous, right? Yeah. And that's what this Isaiah is saying. God says, I'll expose all your righteousness, and they won't benefit you. Well, then we better figure out something that will benefit us. Yeah, well, we were, you know, with our ordinances and everything we did, it was like we, we were told we were being endowed with power from on high. Mm -hmm. you, when you're given the garment, you're in, it's your endowment. Mm -hmm. And you're leaving the things of the world to give yourself to God. So you can see how deceiving it is. Mm -hmm. Because you think you're doing this for the Lord and, and you're endowed with His mm -hmm. power to do it. But truthfully, it's just filthy rags to him. It is. All our righteousness doesn't benefit us. Right. It doesn't. It's his righteousness. Exactly. You've got that right. And then one of the beautiful, and I love these next verses. In fact, I adopted it as part of, of our ministry to polygamous. And that's Jesus' invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He said, and this invitation is to women who have been totally wrecked through the polygamy lifestyle. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> did you know that verse when you were a polygamous wife? Well, I did, and it was confusing to me because I thought, I do not feel like this burden is light. It's because you had the wrong yoke, didn't you? Yes. I was exhausted, and I never could do enough. And right. I, um, be the best wife and be the best mother. And, you know, I got up every morning, read scriptures to my kids every day, made sure we did everything. Yeah. But it wasn't with the spirit of the, love. It wasn't. It wasn't the according to the truth that the Bible reveals to us. No, I was... It, it was all about works mm -hmm. and not about mm -hmm. grace. So he says, you who are weary and heavy burdened, or King James says heavy laden. And I was so weary and I was so burdened. So many oh, are. I was so, so tired. I didn't, I even told that to my husband. I said, this doesn't feel like a yoke. I, I read that scripture. I said, I thought the yoke of Christ was supposed to be light. How come this isn't light? Yeah. And he's like, well, we got to do our best, you oh, know, yeah. keep See, all there, the laws. There, that's the heavy yoke. That's what made you. And Jesus says, promises, I will give you rest. Yeah. But you didn't feel like that you were oh, getting the I rest. Didn't. You just keep trying harder and harder. And doing more and doing what I could for everybody. Yeah. And I was just drowning. Yeah. Well, this we can have faith in. Jesus will do what he said if we will come to him. Come to me. That's the invitation. Don't come to polygamy. Don't come to Joseph Smith. Don't come to Mormonism. Come to Jesus. And that's the invitation. And that's what, why we do this. Because we want so many people who 
were heavy laden or heavy burdened in polygamy to come to Jesus and let all that fall apart. Yeah, and he, he says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. If anyone hears, you know, open to me, they can come and sup with me. Mm -hmm. And that's fellowship. And so, yes, and yeah. that's what I've, I've discovered is I get a sup with the Lord. Yeah. I, I heard him calling me. Yeah. Out. Yeah, out. Out of polygamy. Yes, I heard Christ. him calling me out. And 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 that's what we do when we read his word. And when we follow him, we take his yoke, and his we, easy yoke. Because yes, he's done it all. Jesus yes. did it all on the cross. We talked about the cross being sidestepped by Mormonism. But Jesus did it all on the cross. So we don't have to do anything but put our faith in him who did it all already. And then the next one is um, that you had on your list that we can have oh, yeah. trust in. Faith in God's unconditional and eternal love. Uh -huh. That love was, it's, uh, as a child, I, I never saw that love Neither from did my I. own father. Neither did I. I never heard him once tell me he loved me. My mm -hmm. mother, of course, was uh, just abundant in love, thank goodness. My mother was an amazing woman. But my father, and he had good qualities too, but he couldn't say he loved me. Yeah. And so I never remember him sitting me on his lap or holding me or any tenderness. And I so I didn't, say the same thing with I didn't my own know life. God yeah. loved me. And mm -hmm. what was so beautiful to me is when the, the scriptures and the word of God came alive to me. And I'd open the word and I'd hear him say, you are my beloved. Mm-hmm. Sweet. You are my beloved. You are the apple of my eye. Yeah. Um, you are beautiful to me. You know, all those things I wanted to hear from my husband, from um, someone else, he was telling me. And Jesus told it to you. Yeah, yeah. he told it to me. And the love um, of the scriptures, you know, when I got my operation and my mm -hmm. eye was all swollen, and I felt so bad. I didn't know I'd ever heal. And... I opened, one morning I went out and I had been feeling really bad about my face. And I went out to the scriptures and I just said, Lord, what do you want to tell me this morning? And I opened it and he said, you are so beautiful, so beautiful, my darling, my love. Your eyes are like doves. <laughs> and here my eye, it's like, how can the Lord know that I'm going through this trauma? Yeah. I hadn't told him. I hadn't told anyone. And he knows it all, doesn't he? And he knows he us better than we know ourselves. spoke to me through his word. And, um, Encouraging. It, it was mm -hmm. so loving. And, and God so is tender. Love. And, and we, we compare that love. I've done that so many times in my own Christian walk, comparing what the love I did not receive growing up in the polygamy group and how perfect you had to be to receive acceptance. Yeah. Our acceptance and our value was upon our performance. And if we failed, we we had no value. At least yeah. that was my experience. We were uh, disciplined for failing. Disciplined for failing and, mm -hmm. and rejected, you know, because mm -hmm. we failed in this area. But And so that rejection uh, was is reflected back on God in our own minds. God doesn't like me anymore because... I failed. My mother would always call me wicked. Even when I was a child, I was oh, one of the wicked. So, so when I grew up, I grew up under the, the, the shadow, under the cloud of being wicked before God. And no wonder you ran away from God for well, 20, how long, 25 years? years after no I wonder. left the polygamy group. I ran away from this God who carried a whip in a chair with him yeah. everywhere he went. And he was after me, you know. And thank goodness my mother was so loving 
and she taught me as a little girl to trust in the Lord. Um, she taught me more Christian values than uh, anything. I remember her teaching yeah. me to pray mm -hmm. and to listen to the Holy Spirit, and yeah. I'm so grateful for yeah. those. Yeah, those. That, that's unusual too. So when we talked earlier about having freedom in Christ, one of the freedoms that we have, and and um, and it is a freedom, and it's what we're doing right now, and that is freedom to speak the truth. And and in America. There's some countries, they don't have that freedom to speak the truth. They'll have their head lopped off. <laughs> we have freedom to speak the truth, and that's what we do, especially in Mormon, you know, in the Mormon kingdom. Uh, we need to speak the truth of all of these things, and we have that freedom in Christ to do that. It's not a secret. It's something that we need to shout from the mountaintops. Yes. And yeah. we need to let them know. In fact, Ephesians 5.11 tells us, that it says having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them and that's what we're doing now if you haven't had it happen already or yet it will it's happened to me many many times and it will happen to you why are you trying to destroy our faith if you don't want to believe the way we believe you don't have to try and destroy my faith just keep your religion to yourself you know you don't have any right to say bad things about my religion. Mm -hmm. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of Dartmouth, but expose them. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. Exposing. And you want other people to know the freedom in Christ that you've found. Yes. And the joy that you're talking about that you've got. It's, it's really a miracle that I broke free after 50 years. It's a miracle that the chains fell off. And mm -hmm. that I, the blinders fell mm -hmm. off because we are blind to the truth because mm -hmm. we've been so indoctrinated right. with, with the deceitful works of darkness. Mm -hmm. And then they light. put the fear in you to, to, if you choose anything else, that there's so much fear involved in trying to make a different choice. Right? Mm -hmm. I know I experienced a lot of fear. And then, and then we, we are told in Ephesians 4, 15, speak the truth in love. So that's what we do. And in Jude mm -hmm. 3, we're told to contend for the faith. And, and, and then in John 8, 32, Jesus said, the truth will set you free. That's why we're doing this today. Because yep. we the want whole everyone to know the truth and be set free from the ordinances and the laws and the works, the self-righteousness, the polygamy, the hurt, sharing your uh, husband. And all the fear. There's so much fear there that, you know, we're not going to be ready for the end times. We don't have enough food storage. How do we know how much food storage we yeah. need? Are we going to have our guns? I mean, that, that's the kind of talk I heard the men and I felt too. There was so much fear. I don't have fear anymore mm -hmm. because the Lord says, look at the lilies. Don't I take care of them? Look at the sparrow. Mm -hmm. Aren't you much better than they are? Yeah. And to think that the Lord is aware of my every need, and He is uh -huh. my every need. And promises to supply your every need. And I have story after story after story of how He's done that. It's amazing. Yeah. And so 
just yeah. what freedom we have and comfort uh -huh. and just to know He's there for us and He's taking care of us. And Jesus says He came to give us the fullness of life, a full life, have an abundant life. If we're worried about this and that and 12 other things and trying to get ordinances and endowments and all that done, how can we have fullness of life, an abundant life? Yeah, and then getting our own ordinances and then all of our ancestors. Oh, that's a whole other story, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> One thing I want to bring out that, that I think maybe this is something I added to your list when we were talking is the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Oh, yeah. Every polygamy group uses it. The Mormon <sighs> Church uses it. I think even the Catholic Church uses the keys. That we've got the keys. We've got the key. Who's got the keys? You know. And and uh, of course Jesus told Peter that he, he had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. But those keys are Jesus Himself. Nobody has a set of keys that belong to heaven that opens heaven's door. The gospel message opens heaven's door, and that's it. And so. Having the keys to the kingdom of heaven is simply the truth about Jesus Christ and His saving grace through the message of the cross. That's the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So, and it's not a secret. So this is, um, re I read a dream in a, a journal. I, I was taking meeting notes and a friend had uh, got up in meeting. This is when I was in the AUB, the Albert group. And he shared this dream, and he, I, I'm sorry. Anyway, in his dream, he said he went to Owen, and he, he said, Owen, what keys do you have? Do you have all the keys I need? Mm. He said, I have everything you need, everything that will save you. Wow. wow. And I just read this just the other morning when I was praying and preparing for this. Mm -hmm. Owen had said that, and so he spoke over the audience and said, Owen has everything that will save you. And I read that and thought, Christ has everything that will save me. Yeah. He, yeah. He's the one that has the keys. So again, they're putting a man in the place of Jesus who is our only mediator. Yeah, and he had said, what keys do you have? And he goes, I have all the, all keys, the keys, everything you need to save you. Yeah. See, that was a, that's... A lie. That's a lie, absolutely. Jesus is the key to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus and Him crucified is the key to the kingdom of heaven. And and it's not secret, and nobody has exclusive rights to it. And and um, we can share those keys with people that are watching the show and other people who come into our lives, and that's what we want to do. And the Mormon sects fight over who's got the keys. Yeah, and, and I love that story where Jesus said to His disciples when they said, well, these people were casting out demons in your name. And should we stop them? And he said, everyone that is for me is not against me. Yeah. Right there, Jesus was saying, whoever is for whoever, me, yeah. Christ, is for me. He's, yeah. They're not against us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not exclusive to the Mormon kingdom or to right. Joseph Smith's followers. It's not exclusive to them at all. And yet... They teach you and indoctrinate us that, that it is. It's the only way. Yeah, and I don't know if this is a good time to bring this up, but remember about the restoration too, where uh, that's another thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if we, we put it in there, but the restoration never needed to be restored. There never needed to be a restoration because... It was never lost. It was never lost. That's, that's right. another thing you showed me. Uh-huh. 
and I was just blown away by how can that. How can you restore something that never was lost? There was never a falling away mm-hmm. of Christianity. No, there never was. And even, even so, if you take what they call what's been restored, either the polygamy groups or the LDS Church, whichever version you want to take of what's been restored, you'll never find the original of anything that is even similar to what they believe in the Bible. Not even similar. And if they want to bring polygamy up, well, polygamy is in the Old Testament, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, so is rape, and so is murder, and so is warring, and so is incest. All these things are in the Bible. But they were never commanded by God, and neither was polygamy. Ever commanded by God. So what did they restore? Yeah, and Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my kingdom. Good point. Yeah. And one of the Mormon early Mormon leaders said that it did, the gates of hell actually did prevail against. I'll have to find that quote because that's a total contradiction of what Jesus said. Okay, so number 11. So God's, God says he desires mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And we did, so as a plural wife, you know, we took a covenant to live the law of sacrifice. That was just another thing I thought, oh, Jesus is the one that sacrificed for us. Yeah. He, he's the one that did that. And, um, and it we, goes back to the cross being sidestepped. Exactly. Other things in its place. And um, that Jesus is, he doesn't require that. He says he requires mercy, mm-hmm. not sacrifice. sacrifice. And we didn't have to live that law of sacrifice, which was to give all of our worldly possessions or everything, our time, our energy, our money to the building up of the kingdom of God. And your talents and all that. I believe the Mormons have to say that same, uh, they have to take that same oath. And we didn't have a temple or endowments in the Kingston group. I don't know if they've started doing that. I don't think they have. but. So we didn't go through that experience. But I've read a lot, talked to a lot of people who have. And, yeah. and some people say that's one reason we couldn't trust Mitt Romney for president, because he gave his allegiance to the Mormon church first and foremost. If he became president, who would he be held first, first allegiance to? And, that, and I don't want to get in politics here either, but that was one of the complaints against him as he was running, because they do pledge to give it all. Yeah, and our, our allegiance should be to the one true God. Yeah, right. And Him Only alone. To God. Only him to alone. Because He's the one who sacrificed Himself for us. And by the way, you, you mentioned the law of sacrifice, and, and they mentioned the law of chastity, and the law of tithing, and this law, and that law, and a hundred other laws. law of chastity and marriage. <laughs> In marriage. <laughs> yeah, and then they're polygamous. But anyway, Galatians, we have some couple of verses from Galatians that contradict these laws. Galatians 3.10 says, All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. 3.11, Clearly no one is justified before God by the law. So any law that they gave you or gave me growing up in Mormonism, we need to be very careful. Yeah, uh, the law, if you're under the law, you're under a curse. Yes. So yes. we don't want to be under the law. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No law. There's no law that will justify us. The grace of God. 
The grace of God through the cross of Jesus Christ is the only thing that will justify us by the forgiveness of our sins. Praise God. By the blood of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So different than, yes. than what we're taught in Mormonism. And then, and then another part of this is Jesus said he came to save sinners. And, and if, if Mormons or polygamists are working or anybody, no matter what religion you're in, if you're working to become sinless or perfect, which they think they can do, then Jesus can't save you. If you don't admit you're a sinner, Jesus can't save you because he came to save sinners. Yeah. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's profound. Yeah, it is. So admitting we're a sinner is important too. And then again, Romans 3.10 says there's no one righteous. Not even, not even one. one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then number 12. Now you wanted to mention something about... Um, the fullness of the gospel. Maybe this would be a good time oh, to, to yes. talk about that. Um, if we have time. What? The fullness of the gospel. So this just hit me too as number 13. But um, so, you know, when, when you're a Mormon, it's all about there's the Christians who have a little bit of truth and well, Joseph Smith said that they were all an abomination. Right, right. But, but Mormons have the fullness of the gospel. And I had come across this, and it just was so exciting to me, that it says in Colossians 2, 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the, of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given the fullness in Christ Jesus. That's the fullness, huh? Again, that it's Jesus. It's Him. Everything is about Him. Yes. And that just blew me away. I have the fullness of the gospel. You do. And it's all in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that, that's a perfect verse for that, too, because the fullness is in Christ, who lived in bodily form. And the deity, God, yeah. is Jesus is God. Yeah, it's, it's so simple. And then the yoke. We're, we're going to end very quickly with this, where Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. We have a verse from Acts 15 where people were trying to put a yoke of obeying the law on the believers' heads. And, and Paul said, or Acts, book of Acts says, verse 9, He made no distinction between us and them, that would be Gentiles and Jews, for He, God, purified their hearts by faith. Our, our hearts are purified by faith. I love that verse. Not by anything that the Mormons or the polygamists can do. That we can do. Our hearts are purified by faith. Not by living polygamy. That's right. <laughs> now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No. We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Everybody is saved the same way. By grace. Not by works. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. So this pretty much covers the the, and we've added a little here and there. But I want to thank you for for sharing, thank Karen, you so and much. and your journey is you. exciting <laughs> and is going along wonderfully. And I really appreciate your friendship and and your coming and sharing this with us. And I I just thank you and appreciate all mm -hmm. you do and. And the church, uh, the Main Street Church, is mm -hmm. in Brigham City. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you. Thank oh. you for all the Christmas that you guys sent us. It meant so much. Thank you. We thank love you. you. <laughs> thank you very much. You know, I, I have a few closing comments here, and I want to quote from John chapter 10, verse 1. 
and then verse 7 and then 9 through 11 where Jesus said, quote, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Yet polygamists and Mormons are trying to enter heaven in some other way than Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus calls them thieves and robbers. Jesus is the good shepherd. He sacrificed himself for us to be saved. We don't sacrifice ourselves to the Mormon faith or the polygamist religion to be saved. It's all about Jesus. It's only about Jesus. And it's about Jesus only. It's that simple. Thanks for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.